Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, sweet listeners, and welcome back to the In the Meadow podcast. I'm Vic, your host. You can find me on Instagram at Vic in the Meadow or TikTok at Vic Sauce. And this is a podcast where we talk about all things in navigating adulthood, figuring out your 20s, and everything in between. And today I want to talk about toxic productivity. The first couple episodes we were talking about slow living, intentional living, and this kind of ties in back with that. So what exactly is toxic productivity? In short, I believe it is a way that capitalism has conditioned us to function, but I'm going to list off some things and I want to know if you can relate. So for me, I find that social media is a big trigger because we live in a world of comparison. So shooting yourself, which we've talked about before on this podcast, but thinking I should be reading three books a month. I need to listen to that podcast. The Kitchen must be cleaned every night before bed because that's what I see on TikTok. Even if we're not intentionally seeking out information on what we think we should be doing, we're subconsciously consuming that as we scroll. So like I said, for me, a big part of that, unfortunately, is TikTok, which is part of my job, so I cannot avoid it. But I can limit it, which we'll talk about kind of healing from toxic productivity at the end of this podcast. But we're subconsciously seeing constantly how other people are living their lives and naturally our brains kind of compare that and think, oh, well, if this is the normal, maybe we should be doing this as well. Well, there is a lot of it online and it has always existed far before TikTok social media. Tony Robbins, for example. Maybe some of you have seen his speeches, his motivational speeches, business related, personal related, whatever, but it's pushing constant consumption to better yourself. So this is where I find the overlap of the self-help world and spiritual world with toxic productivity of even thinking things like, oh, I need to be listening to this self-help podcast. I need to read all these self-help books and spiritual books. First of all, it's not healthy in the way that we are completely forming our opinions and thoughts of ourselves and what we need to be doing based on what other people are telling us to do. And you should never do something just because somebody else told you to do it. But with the addition of social media into this too, we just aren't thinking for ourselves or thinking what we want to do and how we want to shape and live our life down to little details like cleaning. I fell victim to this for a while. Everybody on TikTok, all the clean talk people are saying, oh, well, you feel so much better if you do a kitchen reset or closing the kitchen as they call it every night. 
I did that for a little while and I would stress myself out and be like, I can't go to bed until the kitchen is clean and the dishes are done. And if you caught that there, using rest as a reward is a clear sign that you are stuck in a loop of toxic productivity because rest should never be viewed as a reward. That is the capitalistic conditioning. Now, of course, there's nuances here, especially those that live with different mental health conditions, where if you have trouble with executive functioning, then maybe giving yourself a rewards list, it helps you accomplish things. However, for the sake of this topic, I'm mostly expressing my opinions, how I have viewed things and some of my friends have, and how that relates to myself. So, and that's kind of a nuance within this topic in general is don't necessarily take my advice. It's just a topic that I want to explore and chat about today. But anyhow, back to the the kitchen clean. So I was doing this, I was going and even if it was like 1am in the morning, I was like, frick, there's a sink full of dishes. I haven't wiped down the countertop that still has meat juice from making my dog's dinner. I would begrudgingly grumpily do it and then lay in bed and be like, wow, it feels so nice to lay down. When like before I would just lay down and go to bed when I wanted to and felt that I needed to and wake up and do the dishes then. It's not the end of the world. But it's little tidbits like that sprinkled throughout my life and throughout my day that lead to this toxic productivity cycle of shitting ourselves. So how else can this show up in life before we dive in deeper? For a lot of us as kids, this showed up in seeking validation from our grades or from say good behavior. In adulthood, this might show up in business. So placing value on your business or your work based on how much income you're generating and is coming in. A lot of you are probably like, well, that's how we know if a business is successful. From a capitalist standpoint, sure. This is specifically one that I've worked on a lot with myself because when I was first opening my own business that I have, I don't want to talk about too much on here, but I was entering the world of business as a very young adult in the girl boss boss babe hustle culture era. So I've done a lot of work to decondition myself from the beliefs that I held, especially because I work in alternative healthcare, valuing your business based on monetary income. It really wasn't it. And I wasn't feeling happy at the end of the day, basing myself off the stress of how much income my business can generate. So switching that to how do I feel about my business at the end of the day? How good am I making myself feel? How am I making my patients and clients feel? Or looking at my work-life balance and basing more of my satisfaction around that than just monetary value of my business. Okay, and then circling back around to my last point on kind of, you know, examples of toxic productivity, the way that we place kind of importance on milestones and ages throughout our life. So for example, the pressure to say, own a home by age 30, get married, have a baby, buy a house, have X amount of money saved for retirement by age 40. All of these weird little milestone markers that we place upon ourselves because everyone else seems to be doing that or being at that point in their lives. This is not good for our brain our mental health, or our self-worth at the end of the day. That's the vicious cycle that toxic productivity can bring. It's a constant loop of shitting ourselves, overworking ourselves, and not feeling very great about it at the end of the day. Or you've brainwashed yourself into feeling good about it, but at the end of the day, you are in burnout and in dire need of rest, or you don't know how to rest at this point, or you feel guilty for resting. So like I said, capitalism pushes constant labor, whether it's paid or unpaid, because domestic labor is such a real thing. And capitalism conditions us to place worth on how much we can do and could achieve. How nice would it feel to simply find value for just existing? Have others say things about you like they admire you for your mindfulness or your care for your body and your brain. I don't want to run into old friends and the first thing they ask is, how is work going? I think as humans, we all need to find more connection in simply being and what it means to be 
your own person. I want to meet up with friends and hear about the books that they've been enjoying, what they've been finding joy in. One of my favorite questions when I catch up with people is to ask them how they're sleeping. I think that says so much about a person. Maybe I'm a weirdo or a wonky. I'm really trying to break that cycle in my day-to-day -day life of placing success alongside productivity and value as a human being because it's just not healthy. A big part of toxic productivity is viewing rest as a reward. A lot of people, this is a trauma response of laziness being considered a weakness when in fact most of those things you were doing aren't laziness at all. This can show up for a lot of people in their childhood, the way you're raised, the way your teachers treated you, and again growing up in a capitalistic world which is just the way it is unfortunately, leads to a lot of us in adulthood having to uncondition ourselves from that toxicity, relearn healthy patterns and behaviors. Even thinking back to school, right? So you say you're having a rough upbringing, home is not a safe place, you're not sleeping well, you're up early cooking your own breakfast because mom and dad aren't around to do it for you, show up at school, you're tired, trying to listen to the teacher, you're trying to do your work, but you can't, you're dozing off, you're falling asleep, or you put your head down on your desk, you're jolted awake by your teacher saying to pay attention, getting frustrated with you. These are little ways that you become conditioned to view rest as a reward and that you have to push yourself to get things done. Again, I know there's so many nuances here. I imagine you can kind of infer from this all the little ways that things have shaped you to fall into that pattern. Which brings me to a topic that I really, really want to dive into a bit, which is urgency culture. This goes really hand in hand, in my opinion, with toxic productivity and the expectations that we place on one another in society these days. What I mean by this is just the stress and urgency that we place upon ourselves and that society, capitalism, culture places upon us as as well. Just get everything done as quick as you can to be constantly available. And this one drives me bananas because you do not need to be at a constant reach of everyone any time of day. Even within working hours, hear me out. I am not a corporate girly, but I have a lot of thoughts and I've done a lot of reading on corporate life, capitalism, work-life balance, because I find it really interesting. For most of us listening to this podcast, we probably always grew up in a world of forms of quick communication. I don't even necessarily mean texting and phone calls, but even emails. This changes our availability and accessibility a lot. I mean, think back to times in the world where you had to send snail mail or even just phone calls. And those were the sole forms of communication. It wasn't the expectation to have a constant response or be able to constantly reach someone. This is something I hope a lot of us can reflect upon and maybe change the way that we think and put expectations on other people to start to change this. But a few examples. So like I said, if you're at work and you work somewhere where you're constantly emailing people or in your team meetings or Slack or whatever you use, of course you're at work. You have to be available, but you also have work to do. This is something that maybe you need to chat about with your team or your boss or however your work is structured. Limiting your availability of communication. For example, rather than having the email tab open with your sound on and notifications on, closing the tab out and checking your email when it's convenient for you. When you're putting a pin in whatever you're doing at the moment, or if you're waiting for a response, checking in then. This will greatly help with focus as well. Just checking when it is convenient for you not when it is convenient for others to reach you. So like I said, this reflects in totally other avenues from work as well. Text messages, for example. Now, all my friends and any partners I've ever had know I'm not a very reachable human being. My phone is almost always on do not disturb. Even when it's not on do not disturb, all my notifications are silenced. I have absolutely nothing that pops up on my home screen and my phone, except for phone calls of my mom or a partner that I put on emergency bypass, which we'll chat about that 
or if I'm ordering like Uber Eats and I need notifications on to see where my driver is. Relatable content. Literally everything else is silent. So I have turned notifications completely off for social media. So not even that little red bubble that pops up with like the number three of notifications off. Do not have that on. I go to my apps to communicate with people and check what is going on when it is convenient for me, not when other people feel that they need access to talk to me. And like I said, even with text messages, there's this great feature with iPhone at least where you can go in individual conversations now and click the mute button. So even if you don't wanna go on like do not disturb or something, if there's certain contacts or friends where you're like, you know what, I love them, but like it's not urgent if they need to contact me or say maybe they would call if it was urgent, go in, do the little swipe and click mute. I think it's mute. Now I'm second guessing this, but my microphone I have hooked up to my phone, so I can't, I can't go check. I don't want to close the recording. You can figure it out. You're smart. I trust in you. That's a good feature I like to use. And like I said, emergency bypass is something that I have really enjoyed because with my, I guess I, whatever you want to say, like emergency contacts, people in my life where I think there might be something where we would have to potentially urgently reach one another in an emergency is the emergency bypass feature. And again, I can't fully remember off the top of my head how to set this up because I've had it set up in my phone for a long time for my mom, one of my best friends, partners I've had, but you basically go into the contact and there's a way to toggle on emergency bypass. And this means even if your phone is on silent and do not disturb, a phone call will still ring audibly from that contact in your phone. And I believe you can set it to text or call. I only set it to call because I'm, I'm like, listen, if it was urgent, they would call. I also let those people know that I have them on emergency bypass and to only call me in the event of an emergency because that is another boundary I have set and setting boundaries is really important. I do not like phone calls. It gives me a lot of anxiety. It's not something I care to work through. It's just something I've accepted as a part of who I am which apparently, this is a whole other topic, but can be a fragment of performance anxiety. Having to like put on a certain persona to engage with someone in real time and be watchful of what you're saying and how you're responding. Uh, completely interesting. Learn that on TikTok as we do these days. But anyways, like I said, boundaries are super important. So communicating with people and letting them know so that they don't have the expectation of you to be available all the time. This can be hard and uncomfortable sometimes and making the transition where suddenly you're the friend that it's like, well, they'll maybe respond, maybe they won't. I think that's really healthy. And like I said, we have to change those expectations that we have around our people. So that was a really big one for me. And like I said, as well with social media, even notifications, turn them all the heck off. Your phone will become a less stressful place to go. Even if you're not like an online human being, if you're just a private profile, regular degular, it helps to reduce that anxiety or even just that compulsion to be checking. Make yourself more unavailable. And like I said, oh man, I have a story. <laughs> Setting the boundaries can be hard and I'm gonna share with y'all an example and ugh, how uncomfortable it can be. And even just like with talking to different generations who might not understand that us, um, I don't know, I consider myself a millennial, millennial Gen Z, I, do, I literally don't know any of the other generations, but now we're trying to break these patterns that some of the older generations have normalized. So I am a human being on Instagram, as I'm sure a lot of you know, that's probably where you found me through. And while the vast majority of my followers are so cool and y'all are the best that you're like, hey, if you don't have time to respond to this, that's cool. Or you don't place that urgency or expectation for an immediate response. Some people don't understand that. And there was an instance with somebody who I later removed for completely different 
reasons as a follower. There's some people where I'm like, why are you even here if you dislike the way that I function this much? But anyhow, I had posted a story and I don't even remember what it was about and they had responded to it. And again, my notifications are off. I'm a human being as well. Sometimes I'm not feeling well or I have my own hours that I set aside for work. And this was at like evening too. So like general quote unquote time that we expect people to not be working. Anyhow, I didn't respond to this message in what this person thought was a timely manner. And she's on this is really difficult to, to explain because the situation that led to me removing them as a follower was very upsetting. <laughs> Anyways, at this point, this person is um, a person that could be my mom's age. One would think with more life experience would maybe have a little bit more of a social boundary and I don't know, I think there's some narcissistic um, stuff going on here. But anyhow, she then messaged again that night saying, why haven't you responded to me? I need to know this. I have a meeting to go to in the morning and this to have going on. Flustered trying to tell this. And then the morning I finally saw it and I took a minute to breathe because the other thing is, is we don't need to even respond right away to somebody, even in a verbal face-to-face -face conversation, which we'll talk about. I took a second to regain my thoughts, calm down, take a deep breath, try not respond emotionally. Very calmly let her know that this is my space this is my brain that people have access to and whom I wish to communicate with. And I let her know that I keep notifications off for everything for the sake of my mental well-being. And I check my messages when it is convenient to me and when I am mentally available. I'm not at their beck and call. I am at nobody's beck and call. And most importantly, I made sure that I didn't apologize because I am at no fault for setting my own boundaries for my mental health, my mental well-being, and when I'm going to respond to a message from somebody else. And I left it at that. I didn't even answer her original question because I didn't feel that my boundaries and my self in general was being respected and I didn't engage in further conversation because this is important and listen up their urgency is not your urgency everybody has their own problems going on their own lives that they're living it is okay to prioritize yourself and your well-being if it's something as simple as answering an email if that is something stressing you out close your email tab deal with it when you're at a place where you feel safe and mentally well to do so do not owe anyone anything the world will keep spinning believe it or not whether you answer that email today or tomorrow unless you're like a heart surgeon or working for like organ donation that's a joke but also not a joke because those are very important time sensitive jobs yeah and you understand what i'm saying here with things like in general answering work emails or responding to dms or texting a friend back you are not a crisis control center you are a human being that is allowed to put themselves first and protect your peace and your well-being respond to your people when it is appropriate and a good time for you because making ourselves constantly available to people and available to respond to people puts us in a sense of fight or flight like I said, practice taking time to even respond verbally to people. We're so accustomed to just a quick back and forth, back and forth conversation. There's so much beauty in saying, hmm, I don't know, or I don't know what my opinion is on that. Often people will say, well, what do you think? Your response, because I also don't like to form other people's opinions or ideas about what they should be doing, is just to say, you know what, I think that you know what the right thing is to do here. Or say, you know what, I'll think on that and get back to you. You do not have to have all the answers all the time for anyone or even yourself. And you also don't have to know how you feel about things. I think it's a very mature and responsible thing to say, you know what, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I don't have to have strong opinions on everything either. I can say, you know what, I don't really have an opinion on that. Or saying I'm indifferent or I'm not really comfortable talking about that. And I think about people that have had conversations with before and when they do these things, like even just take that step back to take a breath and think before they speak, I'm like, wow. I am talking to a wise wizard right now. Because while we're used to and conditioned to 
urgency and back and forth. And we see people breaking that cycle and thinking for themselves, we're like, damn, yeah, that's some good shit. At least I think that way anyways. If you're interested in the more corporate side of things as well, there's a few good books that I can recommend. And the first book is called A World Without Email by Cal Newport. Now, if you have me on Goodreads, you'll see I didn't give this one a great rating. Part of that is just the author's tone and that it comes from a place of white male privilege. It's also the epitome of a book that could have been sent as an email, which is kind of funny. You know the whole saying, like a meeting that could have been an email. Anyways, it's a very thorough book, I will say, but it talks about email in general and how mostly in the workplace that has conditioned us with urgency culture. It has some really interesting statistics in it actually, but tread, tread lightly because it is a hefty book that is a bit drawn out. And I'm also not a corporate girly, so maybe that's why it didn't hold my attention. Another really great one is called Don't Worry, and I'm probably gonna butcher the author's name, Shinmayo Masuno? He's a monk. He's got some really great stuff to say. It's like 50 tips for dealing with anxiety. And I bought it because I thought it in general talked about anxiety. It mostly focuses on anxiety and stress in the workplace and mitigating that, managing that and setting healthier boundaries in the workplace, which I think is really interesting. And like I said, I'm very interested in breaking down capitalism, having a healthier lives for our brains and our bodies and ourselves when it comes to work. So on that note, let's get into talking about how we can heal from toxic productivity. Now, this is especially hard for those with ADHD. And I had a question box up on Instagram and a couple people were like, how the heck do we differentiate even with like hobbies at home with toxic productivity or people with ADHD who have a hard time with downtime. I'm gonna give my best advice per se on how I heal and how maybe you can ponder things, mull it over. But please remember, I am not a professional. These are just my opinions. You can form your own thoughts. For me, what I find helpful is setting a clear list of your priorities and a hierarchy of what is most important to you. Before you even start doing this, I want you to really think what is important to you at your core versus what you feel you should be prioritizing. And this might cause some mental back and forth because again, we are so conditioned where you might think, oh, okay, well, work is important. Getting the house clean. All of these things before you can rest. But again, that's viewing rest as a reward, which is what we want to avoid doing. So for me, baths are a really important thing in my list of priorities. I have a couple autoimmune conditions that affect my skin. I have like chronic adrenal fatigue and burnout, which I think honestly, anyone listening to this probably also deals with. And I just love a bath and time to unplug and read. But for me, that is something I do at least once a day, if I can, twice a day. Even if I know I'm having a busy day, for me in my priority list, having a morning bath is up there. Even if I know I've got things to do that day, that doesn't matter to me. That ounce of self-care is important. Yes, I'll get up and have a morning bath. And a lot of people are like, what the heck? I wish I could do that. You might be able to as well if you set up your day to include these things. I also work a job where I don't always work in the morning time. So again, nuances. That's how I've set up my life for myself because I know that's what works best for me. Like I said, setting those priorities in line. Another little example of this might be mm, reading is really important to me. It's good for my mental health. So when I first wake up in the morning, I'm going to wake up, lay in bed, read my book for 10 minutes before I even pick up my phone, check my emails, check my texts, check social media. And the FOMO might be hitting hard at that point. You want to know what you missed while you were sleeping. You don't need to be available to everything going on in the world. And you're probably going to feel a lot better if you do something for you first thing in the morning rather than just jumping right into that world of capitalism and social interaction. Or maybe for you, connection is key. So you want to wake up and call a friend and talk to them. Completely unique to you, but setting up that list 
And gosh, I don't want to use the list loosely. Don't be like, I need to do the whole list before I can rest. And I know this is going to be really hard for some people. This is just an exercise so that you can figure out what is important to you and to stop shitting yourself. So prioritize, maybe think about what you need more of and shove that higher in the priority list. And a big piece of this for me is letting your mind wander. And this is a really, really hard one for some people, but carving out time to do jack shit. Studies have shown that doing... I'm trying to be careful of language here for advertising purposes. Doing F all is actually really good for us. Having nothing to do is really good for our brains and our bodies. It can be really hard for a lot of people to allow yourself to have that time. Like I said, even with your downtime, you might be like, oh, well, actually I have a story about this. I have a really sweet client and her doctor put her on a stress leave from work next week, so she's off. She's like, well, I wrote a list of everything I wanna do. I wanna to listen to some self-help books. I wanna to listen to this podcast. I wanna read a book. I wanna do a puzzle. And I'm like, whoo, you're still gonna be stressed and you're gonna need another week off because you are now micromanaging your time off as well. well. Practice letting your mind wander. You can have these things floating in your head of, you know what? If the boredom's really getting to me and I really wanna do something, a puzzle sounds enjoyable but don't micromanage or time block. Gosh, the time blocking. I know Notion is like the big hip thing right now, but micromanaging our downtime is so bad for our brains and so powered by capitalism, TM. Let your mind wander. Do what you want in that moment. Not everything has to be planned out hour by hour in your life. Being that organized is exactly toxic productivity. That's what we're talking about. And it is a hard cycle to break. Like I said, I have already done a lot of this work, but it's a lifelong journey. I struggled with it a lot. And I struggled a lot with finding value in myself and what was quote unquote productive or being like a functioning member of society. Again, unlearning capitalism is so important in reflecting in those moments and thinking like, okay, but like, is this what I think I should be doing or what society has conditioned me to think is like a productive member of society? Because like I said, you are valued for simply existing and being here. You don't have to be doing the best at your job or being the best friend or the best you know, whatever, to be, quote unquote, the best. And so this podcast, recognizing and starting to think about how you're structuring your day and how you're making yourself available and how you're living your life, that is incredible. That is doing something as well to help yourself and better yourself in a healthy manner. And just pondering these thoughts. You are valued and you are worthy of existing for just being here. Okay, so on that note, also clarify what success means to you. And again, not what you think it should mean, but at your core, think if you're on your deathbed one day and you're looking back at your life, what does success mean to you? Because as you know, I'm sure a lot of people do not say, oh, that promotion that I got at work. A lot of people are like, wow, man, I wish I spent more time with my family or doing things that I enjoy. That is success as well. Like I said, monetary income or signs in our life that we're doing quote unquote well, hitting these milestones, that's not success. It's just what we're shitting ourselves and thinking success should be. Well, sit down, clarify what you think it means for you, jot down some notes, make, I don't know, a Venn diagram, something fun. And it'll start moving thoughts around your brain into thinking more about yourself rather than society as a whole. Another, I don't know, tip, whatever you want to call it, piece of advice that I have is practicing professional detachment. Setting those work personal life boundaries, logging off the work accounts, the work emails, silencing the work phone, unless you're you know, on call or something, trying to not take your work stress home with you. For a lot of people too, this might be not engaging with your coworkers after hours. You don't have to be friends with everyone at work. Even if there's some weird, there's always like weird, I don't want to call it bro culture because it happens with any gender, but 
there's like weird uh, hustle culture around co-workers where they're like we're gonna go out for team bonding drinks after work and it's like you don't you do not have to go and do that okay to be the weird co-worker in their eyes that doesn't ever go out you can have your own life and not center your entire after work life around work as well you don't need to go home and be thinking about work the next day. I know it's hard because like anxiety. Really trying to practice that detachment is super important for breaking out of that cycle of just constantly thinking of the next things you need to do or the next steps. Be happy with where you are. We're always chasing the next best thing. And it's so important to remember when past you wanted what you have now. Relish in the moment. Practice that gratitude of where you are right now. Even if it's not where you thought you would be, you don't think it's anything to write home about. Find those things in that day to today and those moments that make you feel grateful because I guarantee you know five years ago 10 years ago there would be so many things that they are proud of for where you are right now stop chasing the next best thing so again I'm going to reiterate and stop viewing rest as a reward and get out of the habit of saying okay well if I clean this and do these dishes and go for my hot girl walk then I can rest and watch my tv shows no if you wanna you know, do the dishes and then sit down and watch your TV show and then go back and do some more cleaning because that's what feels good to you, you should do that. Rest when you need to. Try and stop feeling guilty about canceling plans last minute or taking a day off of work because you need to rest whether you're sick or just need a mental health day. The world will keep spinning, I promise you that. You know these things are hard to do and especially if you're surrounded with people that don't quite quote unquote get it, you can be the catalyst in your friend group to start unwriting these beliefs and rewriting what's healthy for you. And like I said, never do anything just because someone else told you that you should either. What the frick do they know? You are your own person. You are the captain of your own ship. It's so hard to take out exterior views, but really try and practice thinking, what is the best thing for me in this moment? What's the best decision? What's the best thought? What's the best bubble tea to get? And I, I'm sure you'll start feeling a lot more satisfaction in your life once you get past that guilt stage of thinking, oh, I'm doing something that other people do not do and do not live their lives like. And I, again, Letting your mind wander is so important because staying busy to avoid feeling your feelings is a fast pass to burnout and a menti bee. A lot of us do this in toxic productivity where we just load our days to not feel the feels. Maybe sometimes that's a healthy coping mechanism until you're in a safe space to deal with those feelings. Overall, a lot of us do that in our day-to-day -day life or to not come to terms with problems of say, not liking your workplace, not liking a relationship. You just tuck it in the back, keep plugging away, and then you have to deal with that at a later time and it can be kind of explosive. So try and feel the feelings along the way. Spend some time with yourself. I'm not a huge journaler. I like to do like what I'm doing right now. I record my podcast in the voice memo section of iPhones and then edit it in the software. I love to voice memo to myself. I got a private podcast just for me, myself, and I. Just like word dump and get thoughts out. Because, you know, you don't always want to load that on your friends either. Your friends aren't your therapist's boundaries or really important like I said even like think about your friends with you right like of course we're there for each other but sometimes you, you want to just hear yourself out first word dump a bit of that before you go unloading everything onto other people and do what's right for you so if you're somebody that makes a lot of lists maybe challenge yourself to not make lists for a week again nuances here like with different mental health conditions if you're somebody that needs lists to function do that don't change it just because I'm saying it I'm saying in the sense of like toxic productivity, viewing rest as a reward. If you're making these wild lists and working yourself into burnout, stop doing that. It's life is not a race. You don't have to have everything accomplished by 6 p.m. to relax. 
by the end of the week. Live your life. Practice respecting yourself. How beautiful is that to just circle back, uncondition yourself, and start focusing on what makes you happy now. Working with the situation that you're in presently. For anyone that does follow me on Instagram, you probably know I'm pretty inconsistent. I am not the creator to follow if you want to see new content, even every week. <laughs> I've posted all of twice in like the last month because that takes work and I create content when it's helpful for me. Again, like if you guys, for anyone new, content creation isn't my job. It's, I don't make much income from that at all. Of course, with my regular job, I can't just like go to work when I want to. There are bills to pay. When it comes to things like social media where I can control my boundaries for it, I do it when it best serves me. For the last few weeks, I had a really gnarly period, which I'm gonna do a whole period cast Sorry to my friends that don't have periods. I a lot to say on it, but anyhow, my period, I used to work like primarily as a period educator um, and worked in helping people with their menstrual cycles and period pain. I practice what I preach. Oh gosh, you know, the episode is running to the end when the, the Texan accent keeps breaking free. Not Texan, it's just a bad habit. Welcome to the unhinged portion of the episode. Okay, but anyways, I had a really gnarly period because I've had some medication changes and I was like, nope. I need to rest if I'm not at work. I even took two days off work because I was not feeling well enough to go and I did not feel guilty about that. And I tell my patients exactly what's going on. I'm not like, I'm sick. I'm like, I got some really bad period stuff going on. I'm not coming in today. Anyways, I, I, I be resting. I was reading books. I was in the bath. I don't think I even, I washed my hair, but I didn't, you know, like do it or do anything other than throw on my comfy clothes, sit in my little papa's on chair. I played so much Disney Dreamlight Valley and I didn't feel guilty because that's what I needed to do. I'm never gonna push myself to do things, make content, engage with people when that's not feeling right to me and all of my ducks for self-care aren't in a row first. Maybe that makes me unbrand friendly or a bad creator, but hustle culture has made its way into the whatever, influencing content creation space and I don't like that shit. I mean, my, a lot of my page is centered around kind of slow living, intentional living. Like I said, I practice what I preach. And that is something that works really well for me. And I love doing nothing. That's another really good book recommendation too. It's literally called Do Nothing by Celeste someone. I can't remember, but it talks about how the work weeks have evolved through time and how capitalism has just like it gotten into our brains and wormed its way in and reproduced generation to generation. Anyways, that's a really good one. Read that. Anyhow, I love doing nothing feel guilty. I love doing jack shit. I love an empty calendar. I don't make a lot of plans with my friends. The queen, the CEO of saying, I'll give you a shout, you know, the night before one day or the morning of one day and see if we want to go out. I love that because I'm the friend that people can be honest with and day of cancel on me and say, you know what, man, I'm not feeling mentally greater. I love you, but I don't want to socialize today. I'm like, cool. I get to stay home now too. I'll take it personally. And that's another thing too, is just like stop taking things personally. In order for us to break the cycle of toxic productivity, we have to change our viewpoint in how others live their lives and respond to us as well. But anyways, love doing jack shit. That is the takeaway from this podcast. Life is so much more than getting your to-do list done. You are a worthy human being for simply existing. Unwrite what capitalism has told you to, to believe about yourself and your value and your worth. Practice letting your mind wander. Do nothing. And that's all she wrote. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Any feelings you have, reflections. Send me a message over on Instagram at Vic in the Meadow. You can find me on TikTok at Vic Sauce. I'm not on there as much anymore. TikTok's not always the safest 
brain place. But my DMs are always open on Instagram. If you like this, give me a rating, leave me a review on wherever you're listening to your podcasts. I don't know. And I will see you next Sunday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.